Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. We are coming to you from our top secret headquarters at Project Quantum Leap, but you can find us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fate's Wide Wheel. And please do us a favor by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes. Those three things are what he's mostly yeah. known for. Yeah, I, I, I think that he, he certainly drew the most... Uh, acclaim and, and the beginning of yeah. his popularity was certainly from Quantum Leap. I yeah. mean, he was nominated for like Emmys and, and oh, that's won, awesome. That won a Golden Globe. Yeah. The um, most interesting thing is like uh, the five seasons that it was on the air, mm-hmm. he got four days off total. Wait, what? He got four days off total <laughs> the entire time. I'm sure that was between like he did a movie, did Necessary Roughness, which was like a, a early 90s football movie. Uh, but but just like like the like the nature of the show like he would he was oh, in he every was always scene he yeah. was he was in almost every scene of every episode and then always like prepping like you know like if he's a boxer like he had to mm-hmm. you know learn how to box for the next episode mm-hmm. or or he's in uh, he's a circus acrobat is that the right word yeah, yeah. he's a circus acrobat in one so you know trapeze he, artist a trape- yeah that's it yeah he has, he's a, he's a trapeze artist in one episode so he had to learn how to do that. I feel like that would not fly nowadays. I feel like actors would be like, "No, yeah. I'm gonna fall apart. You have to give me days off." Uh, but apparently, the thing is, is that you you know you read about it, and and what everyone says is that it never. I mean, I'm sure that there were times, but all of the guest stars and everyone that worked with him just said that he was a joy to be around, and mm-hmm. he was, you know, he was always so. Wow. That's like, lovely. Yeah, you know, and like there are times that they would come into work and just kind of be like, all right, and then, you know, his energy yeah. was just so infectious that it's like, yeah, all right, we're, 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 we're like, like, it was in, um, it was in, well, my... so, like, he got Christmas off, like, I don't know, but it was like, it was like in Matt's book, like, after the final episode, for some reason, the crew didn't get a party, <gasps> and so he threw, he threw the party for them. Interesting. Do you think that had to do with the fact that they were on the bubble and that they, you know, that they didn't know for certain that they weren't going to be renewed, mm-hmm. and so that there was like a there was just enough of a like period of time downtime where they weren't shooting, they weren't really doing anything. I don't know. I they, like there was um, there was a rap party for part of the crew mm-hmm. apparently, and I remember like reading in the book that it, it was just a very awkward thing because by that I think they were they pretty much knew that they right. were they weren't going to get renewed and they were all kind of confused because they were a critically acclaimed show and and. You know. Yeah. So it was still like doing well. It, it never did well. Yeah, it never really did. I mean, it was it was solid for a little while there, but for the most part, it, there there was always that thread of like, is it going to get canceled? And it, yeah, and it got like, moved this around. This is a niche sci-fi show, so yeah. And, and 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 I think the biggest thing that affected it, obviously, like what they do to a lot of TV shows, is it ended up getting moved to a Friday night. And, and, you know, in, in that era in particular, that was like a death sentence. It's like nobody's going to watch a TV show on Friday night. Um, nowadays, it doesn't matter because everybody just DVRs it or mm-hmm. streams it or whatever anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it, it, it is fascinating to think about his schedule. And, and, and I, I, a lot of that honestly just has to do with the fact that he came from a theater background. You know, he was used to that grind. He was used to doing, you know, two shows a day and, you know, going from one show to another. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he was nominated for a Tony Award before he did. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, before he did Quantum Leap. And, yeah, he, because um, his, honestly, I think his, his sort of first 
whether it was his passion or not, but his, his way in to, to theater and to entertainment was as a musical theater actor. So he was, oh, shit. Yeah, so he did, he did musicals and a lot of, you know, summer stock and stuff like that. But, uh-huh. um, yeah. Yeah, Quantum Leap is still probably the thing that he is best known for. I mean, anytime he does, like, a talk show or anytime yeah. he's on to promote something else, that it always, like, gets brought up. Mm-hmm. Or there's, like, some sort of, like, bit that they do. He was <laughs> on um, Stephen Colbert recently, and they did a bit where, like... <sighs> He he leaps in to stop young Donald Trump from yeah. running for president. Because oh, there, there, yeah, there is an episode where um, he's a, a taxi driver in, in, in 1950s New York, and it's a father and son in the back seat, and he just starts like casually talking, like, oh, yeah, you know, real estate's going to be a thing, there's going to be tall buildings, blah, blah, you know. Starts talking about like how real estate is going to take off in, mm-hmm. in New York and all that, and then he gets up to the stop, and somebody opens the door from the back, and someone says, Mr. Trump. And the guy says, "Come on, Donald." Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. So, so yeah, they did a they did a bit on Stephen Colbert. This was a few months before the election happened, and so yeah, actually came on and like they revisited that sketch and yeah, it was very funny. Yeah, very funny. Yeah, and he did something on Always Sunny in Philadelphia recently. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's always a good sport to. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I think that it's kind of remarkable too, just to think that in the midst of of, of having you know an actor's schedule, that he also took time out to do like the um, thirty or twentieth anniversary uh, celebration that they did, and you know, it wasn't like a huge deal. I mean, but yeah, it was just a bunch of fans going to listen to him and That's the awesome. producers slash co creator talk about the show and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, he he definitely seems like a good sport and a good guy. And mm-hmm. Even his stuff, like in in conjunction with Star Trek, he always seems like he's very, um, you know, very game to like talk about things and very open and not at all like he doesn't seem standoffish, he doesn't seem pretentious, he doesn't seem like you know he's never putting on airs. He's just he's never like oh this dumb show I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, good, um, good. Yeah, I think it was, uh, somewhere along the way there was a very short lived. It lasted not even a full season. Mister and Mrs. Smith. Oh. Him and Mario Bello, it was like mm. 94, 95. Yeah, it was soon after Quantum Leap. Again. Yeah, and it was a weird, it was almost uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the, the movie that came out a few years ago with Brad Pitt and Angelina yeah. Jolie. Kind of a similar setup. Um, I don't know if the two were associated yet or not. Uh, yeah, I, I But like, like, like after the show got canceled, I, I, somewhere like Scott Bakula, like, it was a silly show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was. A, there was a reason why I got. Well, it was because it felt like it felt. Like, it also kind of felt like it had that true romance of our true romance, um, true lies vibe as well. Yeah, it was like they were yes. like they 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 were like family, you know, people during the day, but then super spies at night, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I watched I watched it because mm-hmm. it was Scott Bakula, and it was soon enough after Quantum Leap that I was like, I want to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you both watched Quantum Leap like all of it while it was on. For the most part, yeah. I missed a little bit of it, I think, here and there, but I, I can remember actually watching the pilot when it originally aired. Yeah. I discovered the show, like, uh, about halfway through the second season. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good, because if you'd started watching it from the beginning, it would have been... It would have died. It would have <laughs> I'd kill TV uh, shows. But yeah, um, I can remember watching the premiere and the finale um, when I was a kid. And then I, and then I watched it all the time on... Um, uh, USA because it yeah. aired in reruns forever, and mm-hmm. I taped almost all of the episodes. So I had like a VHS collection of them that I taped mm-hmm. off of USA. Yeah, but now luckily there's. I don't think I knew you were as big a Quantum Leap fan as yeah. you are. I, I, you know, I hide a lot of my my dorky loves <laughs> to avoid judgment and ridicule. 
<laughs> it's a cruel world. It is a cruel world. It is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I've been recording just for. Oh, yeah. I know. Cold yeah. open safe. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We do that. We do. No, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like taping the rehearsal. You know, gets people relaxed a little bit. Um, I burped a couple of times. Oh, that's okay. okay. I can edit that out. Um, yeah, yeah. We can. We probably won't. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm Sam. I'm Dennis. And we're and this week joined by. Hi, I'm Scotty Caldwell. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for joining us, Scotty. We've wanted Thanks. to have you on the show for a while, actually. Yeah. Thanks, friends. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, we know Scotty through our theater endeavors, um, and actually, Scotty and I met on a show that Dennis directed. Um, That's right. That was our favorite. Yeah, you two met, and then we had met a few years ago yeah. on the train play. Yeah. yeah. Or the reckless, ruthless, brutal charge of it, or the train play. All right. That was that's the, the title. My character got to deliver the title line. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, it was a very interesting play. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. That's all I am. No, no. Like, I mean, it, it, it was a very weird, fantastical. Like I don't even know how to, to really describe the play. Yeah. Anyway. Cats are wrestling in the background, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we are here today to discuss freedom. Um, I believe this is actually also our 25th episode. Is it? Oh wow. Yeah. Is that including the, 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 the interview that we did with uh, Matt a few weeks ago? You know what? It's not, him. actually. It's not. It's not. So I was wrong. This mm. is just our, our 25th. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, so Freedom is directed by Alan J. Levi, who uh, actually directed six episodes uh, in total. This is his third after Kamikaze Kid and What Price Gloria. Written by Chris Rupenthal, uh, his third episode of ten that he would write, um, along with Good Morning Peoria and Animal Frat. It aired <laughs> on um, February 14th, 1990. Our leap date is November 22nd, 1970. And Sam has left into George Washakie uh, in Nevada. Uh, and the first thing we see is him getting punched by the sheriff in a holding cell. Yeah, let's do the TV Guide description. Tell us what TV Guide has to Sam say. Scott Bakula is a Native American who helped his grandfather escape from a nursing home, but now has to help find a way for him to die with dignity. Which really tells you just about everything you need to know about the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a wrap. And, that, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. There you go. Um, but will he do it? Will it happen? Um, so, yeah, where to begin? Where to begin with this episode? I mean, I like it. I, I, I think it's a good episode. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens, and I think that we get some interesting information about Sam as, as a person and where he's coming from. There's a lot of opportunities for that sort of you know character development that mm-hmm. I don't feel like we've had a lot of you know over the course of the past like four or five episodes or so. Yeah, This is an episode where, like when I watched it as a kid... I didn't really care much for it, but I think it was just like, as a kid, like there was, there wasn't much there for me mm-hmm. to enjoy, but like going back and watching yeah. the show now as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, well, when I pulled it up and saw the description, I went, oh no, I don't know if I'm qualified to really do this episode well. And that's just because I feel like anytime TV with predominantly white cast does the Native American episode, it, it can have some... There can be some thorny stuff in there, especially we were chatting earlier about ah the 90s and sometimes yeah. TV could paint with a broad brush and certainly like TV and cinema don't have a stellar history of representation of 
American Indians or Native Americans. Yeah. I was looking at the the actor's bio, Frank Salcedo. Yeah. Um, and his entire bio, except for like an episode of Star Trek, is like Chief Rainwater, old wise man. Yeah. It, it's very much like a resume of stereotypical roles. Yeah, and I will say, yeah, yeah this this episode is certainly guilty of that. Yeah, I and that's the thing is I was like, huh, and it's that thing of. I, I feel like one day we'll we'll do better by representation of Native Americans. I'm not counting on this podcast to save it. I think we're doing better on like <laughs> I think we're doing better at the idea of like we have got to stop speaking for people either to help or to hurt. And I feel like as a culture we're starting to step back and let people speak mm-hmm. for themselves and mm-hmm. address their own stories and listen to them and you know. So anyway, that's why I was like, I don't know if I'm the right host for this, but I will do my best and say it all like, okay, caveat, caveat, caveat. Sure, sure. <laughs> but um, well, there, there was definitely scenes, and I will get to it later, but there was a scene where I was like, oh, this is beautiful. Yeah. Like for both of these characters. The yeah. scene in the cave is like. Yeah, it really is. Oh, this is terrific. Like really beautiful character moments for mm. both of these guys. Right. Well, it's it's, it's easy for us, I think, to talk a lot about Scott Bakula in the context of of his acting work within the episodes, but I think that, you know, um, that Frank Salcedo definitely deserves a shout out because I think that he does some really lovely work within the episode and and certainly goes from being, uh, you know, basically comic relief (laughs) to, to, you know, to having some very serious, very touching moments like like the cave moment that you're talking about and some some other stuff as well. So, yeah. We were talking about a couple weeks ago, uh, another episode, All Americans, he leaps Mm -hmm. into a high school football player uh, in, is it around? It's in California. Yeah, California. But it it, it is very much like uh, he is Hispanic and and everybody Mm -hmm. around him is Hispanic. And so, like watching the episode, it's like, how much of it is authentic? How much of it is just kind of racist? You know, you know, playing the playing to stereotypes and like mm-hmm. us not being of that culture is just like we don't. Yeah, and I think that one of the things about that episode too that kind of helped almost to to to, to save it in my eyes, um, so that it didn't feel whether or not it was stereotypical or not, but it didn't feel offensive is the fact that it really focused like all of the characters were of that background. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like you were seeing like Sam was playing this Hispanic man and, and he was like the token in a group of other white people. It was like sure. It wasn't it was, putting them as well, they're outsiders and they're other. Yeah. yeah. They were the I focus. Mean, they, yes, mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean they do that. Right. I mean I mean the first uh is it the first episode? Yeah, the first episode that I watched all the way through and got me hooked on the show was Pool Hall Blues, mm. mm-hmm. where I think in that episode, him and Al are the only two white people in that episode. Yeah. Mm. And Sam uh, has leapt into a black man. Yes. So, you know, even in the context of how everyone sees him and interacts with him in the episode, you know, he's a black man to the other characters. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so it's the thing, it's like, you know, like not an outsider, like he is a part of that world, but mm. it is also... A lot of episodes are guilty of falling into the white savior trope of yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of he's here to to save the day, and it is, and it's you know it's super interesting too because I think that that where quantum leap you you really struggle with that particular trope is is that you know Sam obviously is a white man and he leaps into these situations where he either has leapt into a black man or or an American Indian or a you woman. know a woman yeah exactly and so all of a sudden you know I think from from our eyes watching the show it's easy to see it that way however I think also it's important to contextualize it in the eyes of the characters and the characters are seeing him as a black man or seeing him as a so I think that it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic and it, and 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 while I'm not saying it breaks that trope it certainly 
plays with it at a time when we weren't even really talking about said trophy. And not to like give people a cookie like for being okay at no. the time that they were in. Right. But at the same time, it, baby steps and incremental efforts and change are the only way change happens, right. I think. Okay. And so like I think it's awesome that they're making heroes out of and humanizing characters that would just be like the bit player like they wouldn't be the hero they would just be like the sidekick yeah and like bringing these people's stories at least to the hero's storyline no 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 I, I, I completely agree with that and I think that one of the things that this episode does that's lovely is that it shares it shares its year that it was aired with the release of Dances with Wolves and I and I won't I'm not going to try to say that Dances with Wolves isn't a beautiful film that, that, that I have been a fan of and have watched and enjoyed, but I think that one of the things that this episode does well that Dances with Wolves does not do well mm-hmm. is that it does put the focus more on these Native American characters mm-hmm. as opposed to with Dances with Wolves, it's really all through Kevin Costner's eyes. An outsider's eyes. Yeah, and, that, and that's fine. I mean, it still can give you an appreciation for that, but it feels very... The movie, it, you know, it feels very distant, and it feels mm-hmm. very much... You know, he's got that line in the opening of the movie, how he wants to go out west to see it before it's gone, and the movie feels very sort of from that tone. Like, it's like, I'm showing you something that doesn't exist anymore. Um, and, and I think it's easy to get away with not addressing some of the issues head-on, necessarily, whereas I think that, that this episode, while it's not trying to tackle any, you know, specific issues of racism or, or anything that, that, that it, I don't know, it does a better job of, of representing uh, maybe even than, yeah. you know, that movie does. Yeah. Well, then on top of that, it's, I, I like, and the, um, I think the way they have the character grapple with uh, di- uh, renouncing medical and intervention yeah. and dying mm-hmm. on their own terms, that, and I thought Scott Bakula, uh, played that um, dilemma really well. Like, yes. And I, I, liked, I liked seeing him grapple with stuff. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think that one of the, th- you know, one of the notes that I took uh, very early on in the episode is Al is kind of giving him the mission. Um, it's, you know, oftentimes Sam is there to, to save a life. Um, you know, if not, and I could, I could tell that, and this is the only episode of Quantum Leap I've seen. Yeah. And I could <laughs> tell yeah, that he was like, no, this is not what I do. What? Yeah, yeah, because it, it's usually like someone is going to die, right? You know, but, you know, or, or yeah, or marriage is going to fall apart, right? So that. if not like a literal saving of someone's life, you know, at least like that figurative kind of like you're saving their life by doing this thing. Yeah. Um, and 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 so yeah, to to have it to have Al tell him you're here to help him die. Yeah. It's it's it really is a beautiful setup, and I and. and, and for all, I mean, the stuff, a... for all the stuff that I was like, oh boy. Like, there's one moment where Al stands back so that he can open the car door and get out of the car, and then Al walks through the car. Why didn't the door just open through Al? Like, for all the, like, oh, TV. Yeah. Oh, um, sure. There's some nice stuff in here. Yeah. No, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, you know, real quick, uh, um, this is something that you mentioned before we started taping about Sam and, and the responsibility he has to the body that he's in. Yeah, because the episode opened and there's fighting, lots yeah. of punching, and then later in the episode there's more fighting and punching and falling sure, down. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this seems like a show where he fights, like, a lot, probably. Mm-hmm. And then that got me thinking, it's not Sam, it's whoever his host is. 
And like, oh God, what kind of responsibility does Sam have to like make sure his host gets through this okay? Well, so, so interesting, they, they don't make it clear in this episode, but they make it clear in other episodes. Sam is physically there. It's just everybody right. sees the person that he's replaced. So if he leaps into a blind person, he can still see. Mm. If he leaps into a person with no legs, he can still walk. Sure, but but once he's gone, the host is there in whatever situation Sam left him or her. Yes, right. I mean as far as like the situation they're in, yeah. but if you're, the, like, yeah. if you're talking like physical damage to the body. Yeah, like because. Because, right, Sam is in that body. He's physicalized. He doesn't exist elsewhere. Right. But, like, yeah, what kind of responsibility does he have to, like, leave this person's body in an okay... Well, we talked we talked a lot about so that. much fighting. It, yeah, yeah. In, there, in this there, episode, yeah. there is actually a little bit more than normal to believe. I, I, I would oh, okay. say, yeah, I would say that it's not. You know, there, there's certainly been some fisticuffs here and there. Um, but this <laughs> sure. is, but this this one has a lot of, of violence. It well, really, that's interesting to yeah. think about. Like then, in that context, the the sort of everyday violence that marginalized people experience at such higher numbers. Yes. Like if he is exper- experiencing sort of physical threat to a higher extent, then that tells you something more about the life that he's hopped into. Absolutely. But, but to speak more to that, we talked about this a few episodes ago when he leaped into uh, a woman yeah. experiencing sexual harassment in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of things in that episode that the, the women who guest hosted on that episode pointed out, like, you are putting her life in danger. Yeah, but te- because because like particularly like like the the last scene, yeah. he, he gets revenge on his boss away, like knocks him out. Oh shit! And it's like that woman is going to leap back, and you know we we know because a nice little bow is tied on it now says what happens to all the characters, but uh-huh. like in reality, yeah, she could hop back into her body and have instigated something that she never would have otherwise, yeah, and then right. now have to deal with the consequences. And, and obviously, this is, you know, this is TV, so we know that, that you know, I she's going to leap back in, and what's going to happen is the boss is going to, like, you know, Say keep sorry. his distance and be like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, you yeah. know open the door for him, be super nice. Yeah. But, but absolutely, you know, I think that, that, that it is an interesting thing to think about, and even in the context of this episode, when he leaves, there's that idea, it's like, well... Is is George going to go to jail? Yeah. Like, and for how long? And for what crimes? And what you know? It's like mm-hmm. you know, is he going to be a fugitive on the run now? Is I mean, there's there's a yeah, lot to he, talk like, about. Yeah, stuck on the res. Yeah. Forever. Exactly. So it is it is kind of interesting to uh, to to think about in, in the context of this episode. Um, God, if there is ever an episode where the leap out really hurts the episode, it's this one though. I, yeah, uh. re, re, yeah. Rewatching it, like I, I totally, I totally forgot that it happened that quickly. Um, I, there, I, there, are, there are only a handful of episodes where, like, the, leap, the you, leap out is so jarring at the end. Oh, you're oh, talking, talking about the leap. You're talking end. about where he lands yeah. at the end. Like, if ever yeah. there was an episode that should have just oh. been the blue. And just stop there yes. and not yeah, have to leap in. He wakes up in his shorts and the lady says something sassy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the best at from Lion I'm Dying. Because it's, yeah. it's an episode from season one, actually, that we've already covered. Uh, double Identity. Yeah. Um, oh. so, the, yeah. so, because... Oh God, how do I explain it? So, the way it worked, it's like when they put it on Blu-ray, like, instead of, like, putting him, like, fixing it and editing, like, putting the episodes in order... Yeah. Like... As it originally aired on NBC, if the next leap leaped into a rerun the next week, that's what they put on the Blu-ray. 
Oh, that's interesting. So what? So that, like him in his shorts and the woman leaving, that's actually a season one episode. So viewers have already seen that. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And 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 it's interesting too because that it, it, they there are. In essence, there are multiple versions of certain episodes out there with that leap out changing and being different just because of the way that it was placed, whether it was in reruns or in syndication, um, <laughs> which is, yeah, which is kind of fascinating. Um, but, but anyway, so, so yeah, he, he leaps in and he's in jail, uh, and we've got a mean sheriff. Yeah, you know, trying to teach him his lesson some here. Police brutality. Mm-hmm. Uh, played by Leon Rippey, who is is certainly noticeable to many. I'm sure he's got a noticeable face and has done a ton of stuff. Probably most notably was in Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Um, Something that's one I've never seen actually. Yeah, no, it's worth your time. I'm telling you, but anyways, I've seen him in a lot of stuff. Most recently, um, he was one of the only good points of the. Uh, TV version of eleven twenty two sixty three. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Okay, I um, noticed. I looked him up and I saw that. Yeah, which was an eight part miniseries. You said you started reading the book. Yeah, right. Yeah. He is um, the janitor. Yeah, I'm just, I was I was reading the character. Name. I can't remember the character. Uh, Harry Dunning. Harry, I knew it was over there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he is the yeah he is Harry. And, yes. Yeah, I and I I think he's terrific in a in a. Uh, I don't want to be ungenerous, but maybe a broadly written role of yeah. the deep, deeply racist small t- small western town sheriff. Um, he, he commits. Can I right. cuss on the show? Yeah, absolutely. Oh god! I almost. Fuck I, was yes. like, I was about to be like, he fucking commits. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, like rewatching this episode, like they don't give him a whole lot to to work no, with character wise. No, because part of me is like. If watching it in the comfort of my sofa, thinking if well, if I'm this sheriff, it is 100% not. In, what what has especially what has this old guy done? He ran away from his nursing home. Right, man, dude. I mean, admittedly, then they go on to commit auto theft. Yeah, auto and, theft. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and bust out of jail or whatever. But I was wondering, like, this one sheriff goes all night in the snow and his pants are wet and he probably doesn't have any food and like all night in the snow to get these guys I don't know if that's the best use of your resources yeah. sir yeah but at the same time it, it does take on it does take on sort of that you know is kind of you know Javert. I will, I will <laughs> yes. capture you at all costs. You know? Yes, yes, um, yes. Well, yeah. and I feel like he's playing Javert like he's playing it with Javert stakes. Yes, and like yes. thank right. you, sir. Right, absolutely. I love it when people show up and give a shit. Yes, yeah, no, without a doubt. And he does, and he, and, and you know, he comes off he 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 comes off pretty nasty at points. I mean, there's that moment where. Um, uh, 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 oh gosh, I've forgotten her name now. Suzanne. Uh, yeah, where Suzanne is is like trying to come along. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I made a note about that so one. Yeah. Stinky. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like, are you a deputy? She's like, no. And he's like, well, you, you can't, can't come. And he drives <laughs> away while she's still holding on to the jeep. Yeah. 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 Uh, slime ball. And then of course he's you know he's also committing police brutality as soon as we get the leap as in. As soon as we come in. Yeah. Now of course yeah. as we see in a lot of episodes the, the leap in is extended. Um, once we actually get the episode in from, the, the, from the week before, yeah, oh. the week before, we, all we see is, is Sam get hit. He, he goes, he's, he's kind of bloody. Yeah. Then he gets thrown into the cell. Yeah. Looks at yeah. Looks oh boy, I'm an Indian. 
could be worse, it could be a white man, and then it comes out. <laughs> Whereas in this one, we see that one of the reasons why Sam is being dragged so forcibly in there and why the sheriff looks a little haggard afterwards is coming out is because Sam fights back. Like, he starts kicking the shit out of the sheriff yeah. before the deputy, like, hits him on the back with, you know, with his gun or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um... And, and and we get that in this in this leap in before he gets thrown into the cell with uh, with his grandpa. Yeah. Kino. Kino. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, there's a the scene there. We establish the characters, and then which is which is you know it's one of those scenes too. So okay, so my grandmother was Native American actually, um, you know, part Native American anyway. Um, and it's, it's 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 a culture that's always fascinated me, and and that I have I've read a lot about. Um, one of my favorite authors is Sherman Alexie, and I feel like there's a sort of interplay between these two characters that could really be out of like a Sherman Alexie story, mm-hmm. especially the way that um, Joseph sometimes it, is is irreverent with his mm-hmm. own culture. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, and this is it's hard. It's like very much like oh, that one Native American movie that everyone's heard of and seen. So my apologies, but it made me think of Smoke Signal. Yes, absolutely. That's, with that like irreverence. And that willingness to play into stereotypes right. in order to, like, subvert them or play a trick Which, or whatever that I was like, oh, I see I see what you're doing here with this. Yeah, and I mean, it's totally valid to bring up Smoke Signals, I think, because Smoke Signals is probably one of the few, very, very, very few uh, made by, made with, written by, directed by, starring a Native American cast... Um, and it's certainly probably the most popular one. Yeah. Uh, and it's based on Sherman Alexie's stories, actually, mm-hmm. uh, from Lone Ranger and Tonto Fist Fight in Heaven. That's right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's that interplay that's a lot of fun, and, and, and especially the line that, that Joseph has about, like, could be worse, you could be a white man. Yeah. That is totally, like... Well, that thing, like, all the times that he pretends he's doing yeah. Native American ceremonial chanting, whatever, whatever, and then he has a little, like, gotcha trick. Yeah. That's such, first of all, that is such grandfather humor. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, regardless of your background, like, grandpa. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like I've seen stories where, like, that kind of, like, tricksy, like, haha, fooled ya humor. It, it felt like, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and so they... Immediately the interplay between, you know, uh, Joseph and Sam is, is, is really nice. And as Sam's trying to figure out exactly what's going on, um, you know, they, they end up hatching this plot to, <laughs> to, to escape. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, it's surprising to watch it because, like, at that point, what motivates Sam to think that breaking out of jail is the best thing for them to do? He probably doesn't want to be in jail. Uh, yeah, I mean, but but that is the but only thing, right? Yeah, but you're right. I don't know if I hopped in and didn't know why I was there. I'd be like, I got to yeah. get out of this. I mean, because, I mean, because at that point, Al hasn't shown up yet. Al hasn't given right. them the background of the history of what's going on. Um, so, not having yeah. watched this episode in a while, I was like, when, when we when you know we get to the point where where you know they patch this planet that they escape, I was like, why why does Sam think this is a good idea? Yeah. I, I that's interesting. I just accepted it like, oh, it's a TV show. I'm in jail. I got to bust out. Right. No, and I. I, I mean, that's I mean, a really the, good point. Yeah, the answer is that simple. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do agree with that. I think that you know one of the things too that that uh, Joseph does well though is to kind of you know play on Sam's slash George's sympathies about like not wanting to go back to the nursing home, and I think that that's enough of a reason for for Sam to kind of be like, well. 
okay, I guess, you know, we've already gone this far, what's what's to hurt us from going a little bit further? Plus that sheriff's a jackass, he was beating me up when I came in, like, you know, let's, that, let's get out of here. Yeah. That is fair. Um, because why be in that situation if I don't have to be, I suppose? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then they, they hatch the plot to get out, which basically involves Sam, like, hiding, you know, under, under the, the bed. bed. <laughs> <laughs> and Joseph, you know, chanting, and, 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 and then, yeah, they, they come in and... That whole thing, it's that whole thing again of, like, play, playing on what, what the white guy thinks yeah. of Native Americans, playing into it to then get the better of the person with the stereotypes. Right. <laughs> that was funny. It was like, I turned into a wolf. I kicked it, it through the bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. All right, that's yes. a good one. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, because he says he's turned George into a raven and he's flown out of the bars. And mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, and... <laughs> And even before that, actually, again, just just that sort of irreverence that, that Joseph has, he looks at Sam at one point and he's like, can you break one of these bars? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be able to break one of the bars out of the jail cell or something, mm-hmm. out of the window. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, they, they get out, they get off, they get into the, the truck. They just have this line, he's looking at the deputy on the ground, and he goes, what does he say? Um, he says something, did you ever notice he looks like a sheep? Oh, yeah! yeah. yeah. And I was... <laughs> and, there are moments where it's like folksy Indian grandpa, and that was one of them where I was like, "What? Yeah, where like, did that line come yeah, from?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come on, grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, it, it, yeah, and it's it's interesting too because I think that the um, oh god, what was it? Oh, oh, uh, just thinking about George as opposed to Sam. George mm-hmm. has clearly done something that has pissed off the sheriff and the deputy to get thrown into the holding cell mm-hmm. in the sure. first place because you know, he even says, "Don't get smart with me," which. It does not result in getting beaten up, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but there's clearly, like, George himself has been you know, fairly antagonistic as well, so sure. I, I think that maybe part of the, the escape is also Sam just trying to follow in the shoes of whoever he is left into, because yeah. oftentimes you do get that sense where Sam is really trying to fit in Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that maybe that's, that's a part of it as well mm-hmm. uh, although, one of the things that I will say, uh and we get hints of it more later, but I would argue that even the first hint is, especially knowing Joseph's irreverent humor, mm-hmm. uh, is with could be which could be a white man. Does Joseph see Sam at points within the episode? It's very like there are moments where you're just like, oh man, well, I think the, the cave seems, scene which we referenced. Yeah, there are moments where the line feels thin. That's for sure. Right. And I'm not saying that he explicitly like sees Sam as opposed to seeing you know his grandson, but yeah, there are a couple of times that he like, senses Man. that. Yeah, yeah. And that that makes me think about what we learn about the host through inference. Mm. Like even though um, uh, George is not in the episode, really, it's yeah. all Sam. We only get that one um, mirror image. Yeah. Yeah. This. Uh, um, how deeply they're kind of able to draw the character, but just by inference and suggestions. So I don't know all that much about George, but like you were saying, like maybe he's a hothead. He clearly mouthed yeah. off to the yeah. sheriff or whatever. Well, I mean, there, there's a and you get the idea point. of like, you know, maybe the prodigal son who who felt confined and ran off in the way that um, Joseph is talking to George, yeah. George in quotes about like why you left, what were you were trying to find, what did you exactly. want. It's so amazing how you sort of can learn so much about a person with that person not being there. Yeah. Well, it's a, you know, it's what it goes back to kind of like uh, that that I think it was a play analysis class that I had and you know, the professor was talking about how uh, important it was to 
um, diagram all the characters that were in the play. And that was all he said to us. So, of course, we naturally just write all the characters. Went down the cast list. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, you're all wrong. Because the characters that are in the play is everyone who's mentioned within the context of the play. And you learn about those people through what other people are talking about them, even if they never appear on screen or on stage. And so in this instance, it's kind of fascinating because, like you say, we never really see George. Like, it's Sam the whole time, but Mm -hmm. we do learn about George. Mm -hmm. And and I think that it's just kind of fascinating that that that, that holds so much truth. You can learn a lot about a character, about a human being, based on what other people are saying about them. Um, Yeah. You know, given the right context, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes people have a tendency to lie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That makes me think about, and it, it connects to what Dennis just said about the scene in the in the, the trading post, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. yeah. with the to- with the candy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, frankly, my attention had kind of wandered, and Al and Sam were like talking about candy, and I ended up going, wait a second, and going back because that was one of those moments where I think the line, which deliberately in the writing, the line between Sam and George gets real thin. Yeah, like they both lost their dad. They both love to come get candy or whatever. It's, and that's a kind of, I don't know, that's kind of beautiful. I agree. And I think that Sam even, you know, sometimes it's very overt, and even in the last episode uh, that we did Her Charm, uh, there are a couple of very overt moments that he does this, but it, there are a couple of times within the context of this episode where Sam just takes the moment to talk about himself mm-hmm. and not be, like, in character, if you will, which I think is really nice, too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but question. Yeah. I just raised my hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can, can people around them hear Sam talking to Al. Yeah. So so I guess J- Joseph's really chill with his grandson <laughs> just, yes. standing in the desert talking to no one. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It is interesting and I and I, again I wonder if especially following up on last week's episode with her charm Sam gets called out on it, like point blank, a couple of times. Like, yeah, like it's it, it's like you're crazy. Like you're, you're well, talking yeah. To well, actually, at one point he just drops. He just drops he the entirely and acknowledges, like, yes, I have a friend that you cannot see. I am not really this person. Whoa! He, because in the context of that episode, we find out three quarters of the way through the episode, he is in cahoots with the bad guy. Like the guy that he leaped into <gasps> is a bad guy. Yeah. Oh. And. The woman that he is trying to help, she figures that out. So he he has he to, can't save her anymore. Yeah. She doesn't trust him. She's like running from him. So and, he has yeah. to flat out say like I, I can't explain this, but I'm not this guy. I'm someone else. Yes, I have a friend that you cannot see. You have to trust me. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's it, it's an interesting episode actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but but with freedom, I think that there are those times. Yeah, where where Sam decides to give of himself emotionally in a way that he doesn't necessarily do a whole lot. Um, yeah. You know, he, he, he will invest emotionally in the situations around him, but he doesn't necessarily always give that back. Like, even an animal frat when he's talking about his brother dying. <laughs> I'm in sorry, Vietnam. the name of that episode yeah. makes me laugh every time. <laughs> uh, but, but, like, even that episode he talks about his brother dying in Vietnam, but it's this moment of, like, flash anger and then it's done with. And so, again, it doesn't feel like he's really... Whereas when they're in the cave later, you know, he's really talking about himself in, a, in, a, in sort of an emotional way, which is nice, a vulnerable way. Um, I wonder about the cave and the trading post as these... Uh, what is it about these places that lets that vulnerability happen? 
and it makes me think about like how those kinds of places function in American mythology. Yes, like, absolutely. The the last out it's like the last outpost between two worlds, and then the cave is like definitely a sort of an outpost or a, a waypoint between life and death, and. Yeah, the the way both of those locations, at least for the characters in this episode, but I think in plenty of other sort of American stories and myths. Absolutely. Like, I think it's really beautiful how those two locations are sort of waypoints where people can open up and be themselves, and you see that in this episode, however, like, cheesily or clunkily done. Sure, sure. Um, That's kind of nice. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I think it's one of those things that the way that it's done, it raises it from being stereotypical to feeling, a, a, like you said, almost like a mythology. You know, yeah. it's like it's like this is just this is what we do. Yeah. Uh, which is a huge part of, of a lot of yeah. That's the other thing that I think is dangerous to do is to just try to, to, to put a blanket over Native American culture because there are so many subcultures within that. Um, so within some of those subcultures, it, it is a very natural thing that there's sort of an order to like this is what we do and mm-hmm. this is who we. Are uh, I was out in Arizona about a year ago and um, got to visit uh, one of the um, museums there, Native American History Museum, um, and the museum did a beautiful job of not only having a lot of art, um, you know, Native American art, but but as well as having um, an exhibit on the schools that they were often forced to go to and, yeah. and how their culture was stripped from yeah. them at those schools, and then it was it was juxtaposed with much more of like this is who we are and it was really beautiful because you got to see the you know that this is what we do juxtaposed with this is what you made us do mm-hmm. um, and so I think that this episode kind of embraces um, again those like I said those signposts those waypoints um, and does it in, 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 in a a nice enough way. Um, I think the okay. trading post. The trading post is a little clunky, like you said. But yeah, that's, oh, it's a little goofy. <laughs> it is, but it's also kind of humorous as well because the yeah, you know, there's there's certain elements of it. Like when Sam pulls the gun, you're just kind of like, oh, and boy. The, and, the, <laughs> yeah. and the, the store clerk's reaction takes such a long time. Yeah, it feels like Sam would have been like holding the gun in his face, threatening him. Instead of being like, oh no, whoops, I just want to get this to you. Yeah, like, yeah. like the minute the somebody... cuts of that were a little funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the trading post owner, clerk, whatever is a One more thing yeah. about like this sort of like liminal spaces where magic happens idea real quick before we go on is I liked that it both times it catches Sam by surprise. I think that's what's so gratifying for a viewer mm-hmm. is Sam is not in control and he doesn't know what's going on in those two moments, in the cave moment and in the trading post. Like, this, the memories of his father yeah. really take him by surprise. And then when Joseph meets him there, that's what makes it so special, is, like, when he and Joseph connect. Yes. And on on this weird journey of life. And maybe that's where that those moments of, oh, my God, does Joseph know what's up? That's part of that. It's yeah. like you see you see it surprise Sam. And that's, what I, that's why I like yes. those moments so much. Yeah. And there's another moment in... Within the context, same what I would get it is like when they are putting the, the, on the, the horse. paint, yeah. when they putting the paint on the horse, and for men lost and for men lost in battle, like when Sam puts two hands on there throughout the course of the series, and up to this point, he has killed two people. I looked yeah. that up. I was and, like, oh, this is something I missed. And the, and yeah. the second one happened in just the previous just episode. The pre- yeah, her charm. Yeah. So, so the season premiere of season two, Honeymoon Express, and then Her Charm, the episode right before Freedom, those are the ones where he kills someone. And in, in Honeymoon Express, there's a wonderful moment where you know the guy looks at him and says, "It gets easier." And and sure as yeah. shit, in Her Charm, like he he struggles with it for a brief second after he does it, but then he's fine. Oh, and it's just sort of like, 
Yeah, they're it because, got easier. <laughs> yeah, because it is. Yeah, to go back to yeah, Honeymoon Express. Like earlier in the episode, like the villain of that episode says, you basically says you can't kill me. You don't have the eyes of a man who can kill. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, like Sam gets to a point, like he has to kill him to. To, save to, someone else. Yeah, to yeah. save yeah to save someone else, and the guy's dying words is next time it will be easier. <gasps> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's and, and it's also great too with that the horse scene um, because it, it's a very much that connection between the two of them and in the eyes in particular. Yeah, and Joseph saying like I can see it in your eyes. Yeah, um, and just knowing again what we what we've been told about the leaps and, and that sort of metaphysical part of it. It's like. You know, again, as he see, he's seen Sam's eyes. Yeah. You know. Well, because I thought about that. How long has Joseph's grandson been away? Mm. And isn't wouldn't that be something for Joseph to be reckoning with his grandson having come back into his life, a different person with this very particular life experience, and he seems uh, okay with it. Yeah, I think that yeah, at one point in the episode, like uh, George had been gone for ten years. Woof. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which, which you know, I mean, let's face it, this episode takes place in 1970. I mean, the 60s, was, it was a right yeah. time for him to be doing all sorts of things. One yeah. other thing that I wanted to mention, too, is that the, the uh, AIM, the American Indian Movement, actually started in 1968. So mm-hmm. by 1970, it, it had already gained, you know, a bit of steam. So within the context of the episode, I think that this sort of, um, especially seeing George in that holding cell and knowing that he's, you know, gotten smart with the sheriff, all that sort of stuff, there's an element that his willingness to break his grandfather out, his willingness to steal the car, his willingness to kind of go to all these lengths, wind up in jail. I, I, I just have a feeling that there's that sort of, um, whether he was a part of that movement or not, mm-hmm. I feel like there's an element of him representing that kind of, um, I don't know, I, I almost said rebelliousness, but I don't feel like that's the right word, but um, Pro- bucking the system, yeah. You know, he's he's he, that sort of anti-authority kind of like you know you don't you you can't tell me what to do. You have no authority over me, mm-hmm. um, and you have no authority over my grandfather. And if he wants to die, he needs to die his way, sort of um, sort of thing. And 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 we're you know 1970. We're still a couple of years off from um, uh, wounded knee and um, you know some of the other more notable moments of the movement like. Uh, Marlon Brando, you know, um, yeah. not yeah. accepting the Oscar uh, and actually having a Native American woman accept it in his place and, and, and you know, bring spotlight to the movement. Um, so so it is just interesting that, you know, again, that they go with the 70s uh, in this time, this place, as opposed to maybe, you know, setting it in the 50s or, you know, setting it in the late 80s. And, and, and so, so I think that there is something to be said for that. Uh, also, it's kind of hard not to notice the fact that they said it on November 22nd, which is the anniversary of Kennedy's assassination, and knowing what we know about Belisario in general and about yeah. his sort of feelings and connection with that and having known Lee Harvey Oswald, there's a, there's a part of me where it jumped out to me. It means nothing, I know that, but it jumped out to me. Yeah. When I saw the November date, I thought they were going to pull a West Wing, the Indians in the lobby. Oh. I thought that it was going to be another, like, we'll do the Native American episode on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So when I actually worked out that this was a February Episode. I had a little, a little bit of relief that it wasn't like, oh, here for the token Native American holiday, right. we'll do the Native American episode. Mm-hmm. I had a moment of like, oh, yeah. You know, it, well, it aired on Valentine's Day uh, in 1990, and and to so 
two thoughts that one might mean something, the other one definitely means nothing. But if ever there was an episode about love, I feel like this is it. And it's really beautiful and well done. Mm-hmm. So great that it aired on Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. I'm sure it meant nothing. The title of the episode also is perfect. And I think sure. that when Al gives Sam his mission and says that he's there to help him die, like that sense of freedom and, and what Joseph is after is, mm-hmm. is clearly, you know, the point. And, 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 and I, I think that, yeah, Freedom is just such a simple but beautiful title. And it kind of makes me think of All Americans as being the title to the episode that was about this Hispanic immigrant community. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of beautiful that that was the yeah. title for that episode. And, yeah. and I think Freedom works really well in this because it's not just yeah. freedom to get out of the jail cell. It's, you know, freedom in a much larger sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. to live your life how you want to. Yeah. Yeah. And to die how you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. We've jumped all around. Yeah, we, we are. No, 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 no. It's, great. it's good. It I think I think this episode certainly lends itself to that. Well, yeah, and also just the idea that like the sense of uh, that that some you know in some Native American cultures like the sense of time in general is, is very mm. fluid and it's not meant to be looked at in a linear fashion. Absolutely. So sure, that's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so they escape the jail. I love uh, it, it's the, the the stereotypical scene like let's hotwire the truck because hotwiring <laughs> is so easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ha, ha, Sam hasn't hotwired yet in the show, has he? No, Ooh, that's a good question. I don't. Yeah, has he not? I don't think so. No. So he he really did just pick. I guess the wires were ready to go. Sure. I don't. Well, because he stole the truck car. already. When, when so I was a kid, <laughs> I thought hot wiring cars was going to be a lot more part of my adult life <laughs> than what it turned out to be. Because you see people do it all, all the time, time. in TV true. shows and movies, especially in that era. Easier to hot wire back in the day. Sure. I don't. I don't know how hot wiring works. I I have no idea. My dad, my dad could do it, believe it or not, but I have no idea. And again, that would be on a car from like the 60s. Oh, Um, question. Okay, so does he have the physical capabilities of his host when he leaps? Or like, he maintains whatever his own baseline? Yeah. Okay. So basically... His hosts get whatever abilities he has. Right. But he doesn't gain any... So if he leaped into like a power lifter, for instance, he would have he would have a problem. You know, he would not be okay. able to lift that weight. Yeah. So um, my note was, man, yeah. Sam the physicist gets in a lot of fights. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do learn we do learn actually in an episode not too long uh, ago uh, that he has like a black belt and like okay, because of course he does. <laughs> he has all of these, and, and of course, it, like like he discovers this after he starts throwing kicks and punches. He's okay. like, yeah, but he <laughs> doesn't have like muscle memory from George. To remember how to hotwire the car. No, no. Well, no, good on you, yeah. Sam. Although, you know, one Although, of the, physicist, not an idiot. Right, right. Uh, and one of the things that we have talked about is the idea that um, when he leaps, like in the very first leap in particular, the Swiss cheese effect on his brain is what causes him not being able to remember a lot of things. Mm. So when you said that thing about him discovering the memory about his father and the candy in the store, mm-hmm. like that might not just be the actor being like, oh man, I really remember this. That might literally be the fact that Sam had, had forgotten, forgotten that. until that sure. point. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, so he's forgotten some stuff from his past? Yeah. yeah. Oh shit, and I so, didn't know that. I, like one of the hypotheses that I've always kind of run with is like, do those holes sometimes get filled by the information that the other person has? Like, Whoa. does he every once in a while have one of their memories mixed in with his? Um, yeah. Well, they definitely start doing that in the last season. Yeah. They start playing with that. And even in her charm, there's something that happens where it feels like he's remembering something that Peter would know and not something that Sam would know mm. early on in the episode, something okay. about, like the FBI, I think. I don't know. Anyway, um, mm. yeah, it, it, but it is fascinating to think yeah. about like, what happens physically and mentally for Sam yeah. leaves. Yeah. 
But yeah, so they get uh, they steal the truck. They get on the road. There's a there's a line where they they establish that they're in Nevada and uh, Joseph starts singing Oklahoma. A, a line <laughs> <Yeah>. from Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. It turns out, knowing, knowing this from Matt's book, the original script did take place in Oklahoma. Ah, okay. So that line is a remnant from. Huh. The original script having taken place in Oklahoma, and I wonder if they moved it to Nevada just for ease of of shooting. We've seen this road before. This is this is <laughs> this is the road that the murder van was driving down in another mother. Yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> the same road. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure it, it's it's the same well, stretch of road along TV. there. Well, and the, it's funny too because the cabin in the episode before is actually from Airwolf. It's uh, Stringfellow Hawk's cabin, like the lead character's cabin in. Ah, uh, and Airwolf is another Don Belisario. Yeah. Sure. Oh, okay. So he recycled a lot of actors, a lot of you know things. Which, yeah, you work with who you know. We do it, yeah. yeah. He um, was the Aaron Sorkin of the '80s, not really. <laughs> <laughs> the Dick Wolf of the '80s. Yeah. Uh, ooh, that would be maybe a little closer. You know, that could be a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was him and like Stephen J. Cannell. Those are the like if if you threw a rock, you were gonna hit one of those TV, one of those guys' TV shows. Absolutely, Magnum PI, Airwolf, uh, Magnum PI, Airwolf. That was the, that was his two big shows in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, and then Quantum yeah. Leap. Yeah, it, it is worth noting that the only reason, because I remember reading this in some trivia book along the way, the only reason Quantum Leap got on the air was because of Don Belisario's reputation with Magnum PI oh, okay. and Airwolf. Like he was flat out told when he pitched Quantum Leap, like. If anybody else pitched this, you would have been laughed out of the room. <laughs> oh, wow. But because we know you're Don Belisario, yeah, go make this Yeah, show. go for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, if we're in the truck, can we talk about yeah. um, the radio stuff? I was so excited when Suzanne was like, um, Kinu, come back. I want you to be at my wedding. Because mm-hmm. I thought she was going to be a prankster like her grandfather. And like, yeah. bless her heart, she's not. She's really straightforward. She's yeah. like, oh no, I'm not getting married, right. but I will someday, and I want you to be there. <laughs> I thought she was going to prank him. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, we've got tricksters in this family, but oh, oh well. No. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Redskins totally makes sense uh, because they, what, 92 was the Redskins Super Bowl that they won? 93? Anyway, I was sure. like, I was like early nineties, right? And then I remember, <laughs> yeah. then I remember that this was set in the seventies. Yeah, and uh, they just really need to change the team name. Yeah, no, I yeah, absolutely. It's, I can't, I can't, like, I can barely talk about it without being like, change the team name, God. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think it—they are deliberately making us bump up against it. By having an American Indian whose favorite team is called the Redskins, yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I I appreciate that the show is getting us to bump into that difficult thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's the thing where like I Scotty don't have a great middle ground. <laughs> I just uh, want to yeah. like scream, yeah. change the team name! Oh my god! No, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, it's it's. And you know, the thing, it's like I, I did some research, like talking about like when, like when did it really start to become like really not politically correct to say Indian versus Native American, and that movement actually started like the late sixties, like mm-hmm. early yeah, because it was one of the yeah, things that Aim protested against. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't really like really look into like when did we yeah. really start having the conversation like the Redskins, you know, things yeah. like like this, like, this is rude. Yeah, let's yeah right yeah yeah no I know and and the Indians and the Braves and. And there was, but some people, uh, the, uh, I, I'm drawing a blank right now, like the, the, the Illinois team, the, the, the college basketball team, uh, the Fighting Illini, the, 
Uh, the no the chief, I don't like their mascot mm-hmm. is uh, their mascot. Chieftains? Chieftain? I don't. Uh, mm, that's a team. It, it, it's. Uh, I want to say big chief, but I don't know if that's. I, I think I think that may be okay. it. But yeah, but they finally like in the last year, like they are they are doing away with that mascot, and. Oh uh, no! It's it is the um. Uh, the the Cleveland Indians. The, yes, the Cleveland Indians are yes. No, 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 but, no but this is Chief uh, Wahoo. They're dropping Chief Wahoo yeah. or no, his logo. No, yeah, but also uh, I can't think of the name of the college right now. But the, okay. the college that is in Champaign, their mascot is an Indian, and now they are changing that. And a high school classmate of mine, she took to Facebook, and she was furious, very furious about but it. Like, changing it, yeah, but be, be, but like because how much the mascot meant to her and, and hard work and determination when she was a kid. And now, like, that being taken away from her. And I'm like, it's not about you! <laughs> yeah, she'd fit right in with a lot of protesters <laughs> in South Carolina, too. Too fucking bad! Yeah. <clears throat> God. Sorry. No, 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 no yeah. it's all right. It's anyway. All right. <laughs> Those yes, are two comments Suzanne. on the radio yeah. bit. Hi, hi, Melissa. You're not listening to I, this podcast. I, but, you know, I, I, to talk about Suzanne for a second, I think that she's kind of an interesting character within the context of this episode because there is, there is a part of me that genuinely wonders how necessary she is. I wrote, she is a very thankless role. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I just, like, I feel like the episode would have progressed in much the same fashion without her being there. Uh, I don't know, I don't necessarily know that she adds a lot. In the final scene, maybe there's a bit. I, and I, get, I, I feel like in an earlier version of the script, she had a larger role, but yeah. then as the story got whittled down, she, like, she became... Sort of unnecessary, but too much of a hassle to eliminate the character entirely, and so... Like, what would have been great is if she would have, like, if she actually would have gone with the sheriff. Like, that would have been interesting to Uh, I was really disappointed when I am here to bring you back, where Sam was like, no, I'm here to take him home. Yeah. Like, that would have made that struggle seem much more real. Yeah, because when she shows up at the end of the episode on the horse, I'm like, where did you... Like, like, what? Where you been, girl? Yeah. Yeah, where did you come from? Well, it just, it's... It's just a thankless part... To, to show up to be... Uh, it, it, well, she ends up just being a plot mover. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll get on the radio, and then I'll meet them at the end and help carry Grandpa home. That's it. And I think that part of it is, is that clearly she is there to sort of show that there are, there, there's this element beyond Sam's conflict that mm-hmm. it wants to keep Joseph in, you know, in, in the white man's world, in the nursing yeah. home, if you will. And we learn a little bit about George, and, and she, well, I mean, she, we learn a little bit about her. Yeah. And, like, what she's taken on by trying to care for Joseph, and how she feels about George, who left, and the responsibility that she feels, but she still just doesn't have much to do. Yeah, I, did, I feel like it could have just been done more effectively. Yeah. 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 That's a great point. I felt I felt bad for her. I was like, oh man, because so many of the other characters have have some real juicy stuff, and yeah. she doesn't have a lot to hold on to. It is interesting too to think that in like this episode and the last episode, it really do feel like you know two handers in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Because her charm is is mostly Dana and and Sam, mm-hmm. and then this yeah. episode is mostly you know Joseph and Sam, mm-hmm. um, and you need the other. People with some extra, yeah, right. But yeah. but I think that compared to earlier episodes where you get a mm-hmm. bit of a wider cast, that mm-hmm. this is just, these are just kind of nice episodes that really focus on just the two of these yeah. these people. I don't know. It would have been, it, it probably it probably would have gotten cut down because it was too expansive. But I would have been interested in this dual journey of George and Joseph and Suzanne and the sheriff, absolutely, and these two 
opposing pairs grappling with each other as they're heading towards the same that, goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been, I think, some really juicy stuff to dig into. Mm-hmm. And and Suzanne could have sort of been her own person with her own mission. Yeah. In a really nice way. Oh, that would have been cool. I know. Yeah, yeah I agree. I completely agree. It's That's sometimes one of the most frustrating things about any sort of piece of entertainment slash art is, like, seeing if the path's not taken. Sure. And be yeah. like, oh, God, if only they would have done that thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, but also thinking, like, you know, like, writing the scripts on the fly, playing in. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Budget, yeah. et cetera, yes, without a doubt. Without For a sure, doubt. absolutely. Also in the truck, thrown out, like, this is another, like, old trope from way back when it's like oh everybody can talk to each other on the CB radio we're we're all on the same channel (laughs) oh uh, I went to Wisconsin last weekend and our cabin had no cell phone service no internet and no there was no landline and there was just a radio in the kitchen and I realized like I don't know how to work this radio (laughs) like I guess like yay but if there was an emergency and whilst dealing with emergency I had to teach myself how to work this radio (laughs) <laughs> I'm like what? Scott yeah. was never heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, apparently in the seventies, everyone was good with radios. Yeah, everybody had a CB. You're right. Yeah, you're right. That's how they all talked to each other on the Dukes of Hazard, which was yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get on the CB. I remember. Yeah, I wanted to have one when I was five. Yeah. Um, so from there, now we now we do get to the training post. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we and we've covered the, um, a lot of that scene. And just mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah. I and I think just to get into the quick specifics of it is that when Sam goes by the candy, it, the, like one of those moments, and I think it's actually what prompted me to to even type. Does Joseph see Sam? Is that and does he know things about Sam? Um, is when he's like, you know, your your dad always liked cinnamon, and mm-hmm. and that's exactly what. You know, Sam's dad liked, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're talking about this. And then Al brings up the point that you know George lost his father when he was twenty-one, and um, yeah, it's I don't know. There's some really interesting stuff there that happens, and it is a really nice moment um, before we get into the absurdity of fumbling with the gun and trading the. And it's great too because like we find out that Joseph, in, the, in addition to saying like I'm trading, I want to trade you the gun for these blankets and that Winchester rifle. In addition to this, they he's, get outside. He's got all that. He's got all that. He's got all that. Yeah, because like, for the rest of the episode, anything they need. Oh, got it in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And Sam calls about it at one point, and he's like, that gun was worth way more than what he gave you for it. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, is kind of a really interesting line because, I mean, not to get too terribly serious here, but I think that that could be the common argument of any indigenous American person with the United States government is like, Mm -hmm. you know, you didn't give a shit compared to what we had to give up. Mm -hmm. And it's never been a fair trade. No, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's never been a fair trade. Thank you for saying it so much more succinctly than I did. Oh, Uh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. And whether that parallel was intentional or not, I, I, I I definitely know it was intentional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, that was a, there was a peculiar something in the first line of like, do you have any buffalo skins? And the guy says, Oh, we just sold the oh, last fresh one. Out. Yeah, oh, but we've yeah. got some blankets. Where it was like, it, it definitely seemed that he was lying. Like, I'm not going to sell it to you or some. That, that there was a that was a funnily weighted moment, and I wasn't. I'm not sure what they were getting at. I felt like the. 
like, like the like the shop owner was like basically mocking him. Like, Hi guys, I have to chime in. Sorry, this is Jessica. I'm just interrupting. I heard you talking about that, Scotty. Okay. And I thought that when I saw it, it was like a kitschy sort of Native American trade post store, and I thought they were like coming in and they were gonna be like, "What is this white guy selling all this like kitschy oh. sort of souvenir crap?" And he's like. Well, if you're, you know, selling Native American stuff, do you have bearskins? And he's like, uh, now I'm awkward because oh. I don't actually have any real stuff. This is all just, like, oriental training Chachis. stuff. Yeah. Oh. And so that's what I thought. So, like, Joseph is is deliberately putting him off balance to be like, hey, friend, I, right. know, I know that you're selling Because they come in and they're kind of, like, looking around, yeah. like, what is this place? And so then I thought he was like, he doesn't have bearskins. He never did. And they, all they have is just, like, cheap blankets from China. Hmm. Or maybe they've bought them from people in the area, and they're selling them at some big markup or something. I don't know. But that's what I thought. I had to run down and say that. Now I'll let you carry on. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's like, but, we should just step Jessica. back. That's kind of Jessica. Was yeah, there. I know, right? Was um, the show. That is a really great point. And I think that it, it's... It, whether or not... I think that if Joseph's doing it to catch the guy off guard, I think that it's also very interesting to look at it in the context of just because he does represent that sort of tricksterish character where mm-hmm. he's just sort of like, hey, you got any buffalo skins? Like, no, of course he doesn't have any buffalo skins, and he knows he doesn't have any buffalo skins. The yeah. thing is, is it's like, that's what we would really trade, not this crap. At the same time, it's like, of course you don't have any buffalo skins because you killed them all, you know? I've, yeah, I think that's a, that's absolutely, yeah, that makes sense, that that's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. They leave the trading post. Leave the trading post. <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah, the the scene cuts off with like, you know, they're trading all the stuff and Sam wants one more thing and then we cut to the oxygen tank. Yeah, like him, oh cuz he him getting set up with that hooked up in the in the truck. Well, we yeah, we did we did leave that out that it's set up when they walk into the trading post is that Sam even eyes this oxygen tank tank yeah. sitting outside the yeah. trading post. And we've glossed over but in the in the first truck scene like Joseph, Joseph clearly is a bad like like he he's coughing he's having a hard time. He has right. serious right. emphysema. I mean, yeah, a, a very advanced emphysema. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is you know so Sam hooks him up to that to help him you know because mm. um, if it's 1970 and Joseph fought in World War One, which is what he says, he's old. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, he's got a well. It gets mentioned that he's 71. Yeah, which would track. I mean, if he yeah. was like 18, 19, 20 or so, you sure. know. Um, oh well, then never mind. Yeah, you're right. That's not that old. Right. Yeah. But it, but, but at the same time, still, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, we, we do have this moment where Sam starts explaining like what this does, like you need to optimize your auction or whatever. And Joseph's like, "Where did you learn that?" And it's one that like this happens a lot where Sam drops some medical knowledge. Because he is also a medical doctor, in, a, in, ah. in addition to being a physicist. He has, like, seven doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and so it's like, oh, him dropping medical knowledge, and then you have to cover, like, how he knows mm-hmm. all of that. Uh, <laughs> TV! TV! And then, uh, actually, yeah, Joseph brings up Marcus Welby, MD, which was a popular series at the time, which had only been on for a year mm. in, yeah. in 1970. Yeah. yeah. Which was interesting in, in Matt's book. In the original script, Sam pulls Marcus Welby out as the excuse of why yeah. he knows it, but somehow in the in the final version of the script, Joseph throws out. Yeah. Cool. Marcus Welby. Interesting. Yeah, maybe the logic there was like, Sam wouldn't remember that or something. I don't know. Who knows? Or maybe it was just like, makes more sense for Joseph to say the line. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, there, there's uh, the, you know, there's also an interesting thing that I think we kind of glossed over too uh, is that Joseph has made a deal with Sam that Sam's going to take him to the reservation, but that once they get there, Joseph will see a doctor. Sure. Um, Which I don't think he plans to. No. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely not. <laughs> um, so let's see. What are we after the convenience store or trading post? Uh, oh, he's got the portable and, radio. And they well, they they ditch the truck and switch to horses to yes. go on the yes. mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's some interesting moments with the horses. And Al, it, we haven't talked a lot about Al in this episode. Mm-hmm. Al almost seems to be having a little too much fun with all of this. I wonder if Al was always kind of like snarky mm-hmm. guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but the, the, he, the, he is for the most part. Okay. Uh, I mean, unless like there's a subject matter like really affects him and like touches him. Then his his then. costume is so exaggerated mm-hmm. with yeah. the like big shoulders and the ple- big pleated pants and the, and, yeah. the, and the cigar and the yeah. hat. This is two episodes in a row where he has kind of like uh, even in, in the last episode, her charm. Like he also has a long coat that he wears in the yeah. entire episode and a fedora. Uh, and this one has a little bit more of a southwest flair to it because of. Of where they're at, which is also awkward because it, when he wears outfits like that, like it makes sense, like watching the show, but also realizing like he's standing in a chamber underground in New Mexico. Like when you think about that, like what? What are you wearing? That's what he, he showed. That's wearing... what he showed up to work at. Yeah. 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 What, what are you wearing, Al? Yeah. Uh, but there's two episodes in a row where he wears similar outfits, and he wears the same outfit the entire episode. Mm. Which makes sense because both this episode and her charm that all takes place with less than yeah in less than twenty four hours, hours yeah. which doesn't hap- we don't have a lot of episodes that take place in a short time span like usually, usually there's a few days usually yeah. there oh a few wow okay yeah usually it's varied like a few days or a week or a week and a half mm. or something like yeah. that yeah you know here's so so here how's this for some some fan wank perhaps for some as, what as we you know it's a term fan wank it's fan wank it's like a, it's 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 a bit of a pejorative to describe when fans come up with an opinion or theory about why something say, happened with the show that this entire endeavor well yeah yes um, <laughs> hey shout out to not, my friends with podcasts it's not yeah. wrong if it feels good damn it uh, <laughs> but, anyway your fan wank so 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 the the thought that I have is that you know there have been times when Ziggy has turned off the air conditioning and you know maybe it's at night and Ziggy has turned off the heat and so he's a little cold so he's got to have his jacket so maybe his hat you know I don't know anyway um, makes makes perfect sense sure sure it does <laughs> um, so they they trade they trade the truck for the horses unbeknownst to the owner of said horses <laughs> yeah um, but Al is like yeah Al is very much like oh this is great it's like living in the past and you know yeah. and this is why you're doing this and he seems to know a lot about Shoshone culture specifically because that's another thing we haven't mentioned like Joseph is a Shoshone Indian like that's that's his tribe uh, yeah you know, he didn't and the thing is like uh, this is like Al Al knows everything like very often, like if Sam is ignorant of the culture that mm-hmm. he is left into, all of a sudden Al knows it, and he doesn't know it because Ziggy is feeding him that information. Like he, yeah. like he knows, oh. he knows about Indian culture. The first episode where he, the What's first he re- is, is so the thing he's reading off of is what Ziggy is telling him. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like his his 1990 era iPhone. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, so, like, he knows all about Native American culture in this one. When the, the mm. first time that, that Sam leaps into a black man in the 1950s, 
all of a sudden he knows all about you know like the civil the, rights like movement. the civil rights yeah. movement and how he was very active mm. in that. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a trope that they that they fall on a lot. That Al Al with, just with, has a lot of knowledge. Al, yeah, Al yeah. has a lot of knowledge. And, he knows everything. And in some episodes, they do go that extra mile and have him reference the hand link, you know, or even say Ziggy says before he gives that info dump. But in this episode, it's pretty much just Al, just you know, just yeah, yeah. This is what that means, and this is yeah. what this means, and this is you know, yeah. Speaking of the hand link, <coughs> uh, watching this episode and uh, last week's episode. Her charm. This is an unpopular opinion. This is my favorite version of the Handlink. Yeah, is the season two and season three Handlink. Um, I've always been the multicolored blocky one. That's been my favorite. Not, yeah. yeah, because later on it becomes literally. It looks like flashing Legos. That when they close up of it, there's no discernible uh, text. Or there's anything. no discernible like text or screen or anything like that. Which the reason why they did that is that Don Belisario. He did not want people geeking out over the sci-fi aspect of the show. He wanted the sci-fi aspect to be as vague as possible. Yeah. It was someone so referenced, but like literally character. It's, yeah. This is a character. So so show. so very literally, like he he said at some point, he didn't want people pausing their their VHS tapes to look at the hand link to figure out what the buttons to, are to get like tech specs. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, eventually, yeah. it just became a very vague. Just blob of flashing Legos. Yeah. Well, and I think that at that point too, it also becomes a direct link to the idea that the hand link is is, is literally a part of Ziggy. Like the hand yeah. link is not just like this device that connects to Ziggy. The hand link is is actually like mm. a physical part. In fact, it, it, like. So Ziggy is not a person. No, Ziggy Ziggy is a hybrid computer. I've, I'm there now. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Got it. So Got it. Uh, yeah, Ziggy is a. Hybrid computer. Cool, I'm has, there. <laughs> has all of like the the news database going back to Sam's birth date because that's as only as far as Sam can leap can leap yeah. back to, and also the thing that powers quantum leap and is able to project Al back into the past and yeah okay yeah yep um so Al yes yeah. so Al Al is a little interesting in this episode mm-hmm. I feel like and 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 there are times when I appreciate that sort of sense of joy like he gets a kick out of Joseph and I like that in the cave which we're going to get to here shortly there's 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 kind of a nice moment Oh god he uh, laughs so hard oh, yeah. <laughs> he really does yeah. Um but before we get there we'll talk about the horses real quick uh they do this you know the 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 painting of the horses cuz Joseph has also stolen a <laughs> thing of paint um and then we have that really nice moment about you know, the number of men you've killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joseph has three handprints and yeah. it makes Sam put the two handprints on. Um, and he has this, of course, you know, humorous line about, uh, there are horses now. And, and, and Sam's like, I thought we were just borrowed. I mean, George's, or Joseph's like, the horses don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, which again, going back to the grandfather humor that you're talking about earlier, Scotty, mm-hmm. I, this episode has always had a special place in my heart just because I was very, very close to my grandfather growing up. Mm-hmm. And so it just like, it kind of felt like an adventure that I would want to have with him. Yeah, um, yeah. and, and it, there, there is that sense of, of the relationship between the two of them that comes across well. Yeah. So now from here, they jump on the horses, gunshot rings out, Sam mm-hmm. shot falls off the horse and the sheriff has caught up with them. Yeah. Yes. But not to worry because it only, you know, took a little meat out. Yeah. Just a, just a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would not. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. The sheriff has caught up with them. That son of a bitch. Yeah. 
And so there's like uh, I think from from there like they like they get to cover and then we are yeah so we're 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 at nightfall now mm-hmm. and somewhere there's the line in here that when we were watching the the episode this morning uh, Betsy my wife and I I think it's Joseph who throws out a line uh, tougher than a two dollar whore yeah yeah. <laughs> No, and he he says he has a line earlier in the trading post when he says, "Is there anything else I can get you?" And he says something like, "A fat woman in a narrow bed." Yes, that's it. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, damn, Grandpa. They 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 throw out a lot of whoa. They do throw out a lot of whore lines on Quantum Leap. Really, not just this episode. uh, Like Al had one a couple episodes ago. Well, like yeah, a couple episodes ago, Sam leaps into the middle of a football game. Like a quarter, like a quarterback taking the like <laughs> like taking the hike, yeah. and he and he's able to get the pass off and win the game, but it's really sloppy. And Al has a line like, "Man, that pass was like a ten dollar whore. wasn't pretty, but it got the job done." Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh wow. Yeah, and in the pilot episode, he, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Step back like a pimp's suspenders. Yeah. The, wow. Yeah. 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 Goodness, well, the, well, no. There's also a line in the pilot where uh, the 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 baseball segment of the pilot episode he makes a reference like the the, the baseball team has all the enthusiasm of a ten dollar hooker. Oh yeah. Huh. We, we've talked about this before. There yeah. there are some things that Al says through the course of the show. If I had never seen the show and I just happened to turn this show on, yeah, today, and if I just happened to stumble across that line, I'd be like, nope. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's another one where it's like, oh, times have changed. Well, yeah. they, they really have, actually. It's funny, I've been rewatching Twin Peaks recently, which aired, actually, concurrently with the first two seasons sure. uh, yeah. of Quantum Leap. And in watching that show, there are certain elements of it, which I believe it had aired in a later time slot, and it was certainly geared, you know, this is an adult show, so Quantum Leap being a little bit more. That said, there are things that happen in that show where it's just sort of like, man, this was network television. Mm. Like, this was happening on network television. Like, there's an episode that opens up with a dead guy sitting in a chair with, like, blood all over him, his mouth covered with tape. He's got, like, a, a, a chest piece stuck in his mouth that they have to take out. It's very graphic, the sounds Ew. of it and everything. He's got, like, a stab wound in his stomach that they do a close-up on. And it's like, wow, this was this was intense, you yeah. know? And not to mention all of the, you know, weird sexual dynamics of that series, and everything, which it's, it's a brilliant show, it really is, and it gets a little silly in the second season, as everybody will tell you, but it's still a damn mm-hmm. good show. Anyway... Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, sort of the the casually dismissive uh, way that like s- sex work is is brought up for like bits. Yes, <laughs> without a doubt. Well, and, and that's a that's a very tasteful thank you. Way to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and there are later episodes too that I, I mean, it gets it, it even gets more directly hit upon. Where you know, even in this season, where Sam is like. He's not. He has not leapt into a hooker, but he has leapt into someone who is sort of, you know, uh, or, or no. Um, sorry, I'm thinking of MIA. It's not him. It's one of the other cops that she has to play a hooker. Well, he leaps. He leaps in. He initially thinks he's a woman at the start of that episode hmm. because, it, but it turns out he is a cop undercover, standing outside somewhere, dressed like a uh, sex worker. Sex worker. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so this is where they come into the cave, and I love this cave scene. But, <laughs> We're like, well, we covered that. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, yeah. uh, but this is such a studio cave. Well. Yeah, it is. Well. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, this is uh, uh, Star Trek set level. 
1960s Adam West Batman Batcave. It was well lit. It was well lit. It was very, yeah. <laughs> what are, I mean, what are we going to do? Go find a real cave. But well, and they go, they, they desperately need shelter. Like, Sam's been shot. Yeah. Joseph has emphysema. And someone has a line like, oh, they'll see the fire. But they decide to seek shelter anyway. And that will come back later. Mm. Yeah. And, well, and, and uh, one thing I want to mention just real quick is that we forgot to talk about the fact that Joseph, like, pulls out that rifle and, like, returns fire at the sheriff after mm-hmm. Sam gets shot. Like he's right. shooting at him, you know, for a while there. Mm-hmm. Um, that will come back to play later on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they, they they get, but they get into the cave. Yeah, yeah Joseph's like, we need to make a fire, and 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 you know, Sam is like, they'll see it, and just like, not if we make a small one. Sam goes to gather all the stuff, sets up fire. I don't have any matches. <laughs> Al has this line that leads me to believe that he was not expecting Sam to actually have matches, but expecting Sam to know how to start the fire without matches. Yes, I got the huh. same thing. Yeah. Which then leads Joseph to say, you know, I'll I got this. this. old Indian trick. Which is the funniest scene in the whole damn episode. Mm. He starts chanting, you know, he's got, he's got his little medicine bag in front of him, and he's doing all this stuff, and all of a sudden he sits back, opens the medicine bag up, and pulls out a Zippo. <laughs> and Al loses his shit. He laughs so hard <laughs> that he falls over. He does. And I was like, Al, you funny bunny. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then they light the fire. And they, yeah. And then they have the, the, the touching scene that we... Talked upon, you know. Right, the grasshopper scene. So at this point, um, it's a really, really wonderful scene, and I, I want to make a couple of comments about it. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, on IMDb, it's listed as a goof, and it bugs the shit out of me. Because what happens in the scene is that Joseph asks Sam about his father, and Sam, of course, is like, I miss my father very much. Um, you know, do you think you'll see him again? And that's when Sam says, no, I don't. Which is a brilliant moment, because it's the first time that we've really gotten sort of a, a deeper level of Sam's spirituality, and it, and, and it reinforces that sort of scientist element of Sam, the idea that, like, m- you know, Sam might not believe in any sort of afterlife, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and it's, and it's really, it's, it's really kind of lovely, um, it's, there have been a lot of episodes where Sam talks directly to God. I'm talking about an afterlife. Yeah, that's yeah. different. Because learning Sam's theology might consist of believing in a higher power, but not believing in an afterlife. Oh, see, I mean, exactly. because like there are there are some episodes that are so that are so very implied, like into like the Christian faith. Like mm-hmm. to me, it's like tied together. If you believe in God, you believe in heaven. Yeah. Well, but I but I would also argue though that we never get any definitive sense that Sam is any sort of practicing, practicing Christian that he really actually has any sort of, you know, devout faith whatsoever. Let's face it. If, if you were thrust into this, you know, crazy time traveling experiment, all of a sudden, I think you'd probably talk to God regardless of whether or not you believed him at that point. Cause you just, sure. you're alive. Even, even if he, even if he is a practicing Christian, plenty of practicing Christians throughout millennia, have doubts. That's the whole. That's the whole thing of faith, right? right? And mm-hmm. I, I actually think having Sam have doubts or fears or contradictions in his theology for me makes him a deeper, richer character. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, and and that's because that's such a human fear, right? Like, oh, I believe in God. I pray to God, sure. But when push comes to shove, and someone looks me in the eye and says, "Do I do I think I'm going to see my father again?" and I admit no. 
that's such a like beautiful, vulnerable, scary thing to watch a character grapple with, and I love it. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it just bothers me that somebody decided to list it as a goof on IMDb. What do they say? They said, when Grandfather is showing the diagram of the grasshopper and the door to his grandson, Sam, he explains the grasshopper goes through the door and beyond it is another life. Sam asks, what if there's nothing beyond the door, indicating that he isn't sure about life after death. Ah, okay. Yet Sam has shown a belief in God numerous times. In Genesis and the Leap Home, he prayed, and he has said numerous times, God or fate or whatever is leaping me around. And it's like, that's, that's not a plot hole. That's, that's not, not inconsistent. Yeah. No, it's like, that's that's human. That's yeah. real. And like I said, it, it, it's, it gives us a deeper... A deeper Sam, and right, yes, I, yeah. I forgot about the the grasshopper. Yeah, the, yeah, so I'm not saying that just because he says he doesn't necessarily believe in an afterlife that he doesn't believe in God. I'm just saying that you know that it, it is it's a richer it's a richer picture, and and I really appreciate it. So it just bugs the shit out of me that somebody decided to list it as a goof. Anyway, well, IMDb they'll take anybody. <laughs> yeah, right. God, God bless them. <laughs> but it is a beautiful, beautiful, touching scene, and 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 I think it gets to a deeper spirituality that even goes beyond any sort of like you know, Native American stereotype that could be potentially offensive and just gets to a real human kind of perspective on, you know, here's what I believe, here's what you believe, they can coexist. Well, and I, I like how they elide the... Is that the right word? They, they avoid the possibility of um, f- sort of shoehorning in, like, their take on an, a particular Native American legend by letting that mythology be either Joseph's personal mythology and or also letting it bump up against the sh- how the show works by having yeah. him, him, him literally use the word leaping leap. he does yeah. yeah yeah that so not only do we like Joseph's personal sort of worldview involves reincarnation and i have no idea which if any native mythology or religion that corresponds to it but i for me, it might not be either. I'm willing to let it be just Joseph's personal understanding Absolutely. of the nature of existence, which for him is is leaping from one life to the next, like a grasshopper through doors, whatever. Yeah. And I, but I like the way that it it um, bumps into Sam's experience in a sort of beautiful mystical way. And it is interesting. Just to follow up on that real quick. That Shoshone um, actually it comes from a word for high-growing grasses, and that the Shoshone tribe was sort of known um, known as like the, the grass house people. Oh. So the whole grasshopper thing and the door and the door, you know, it actually kind of it fits. Again, whether or not that's genuine, because I don't, I don't know. It is. It is. It is just a. It's a nice. It's a nice bit of his personal mythology, like you're saying. Yeah, I had a moment of like, oh god, I wonder if this is an actual myth, and then. And then I was like, if I'm willing to let it just be this scene in this show, right? I think it was done very well. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think touching upon like Native American culture at all, like this entire episode, like you just have to accept like this, we are doing this, our best. Yeah, this is the this is this the is universe not... that we are in. Right. Yes. Yeah. Even that said, I have a comment for later, but I'll save it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Can't wait. <laughs> So yeah, so then you know they they have this this peaceful evening. Yeah. Um, and then I love like it's daylight and here comes the sheriff. He's yeah. been riding all night, mm-hmm. and up he comes over the hill. Yeah. Now I will say the, so it, it isn't I, like Al laughs at the lighter scene, but the thing that he loses it on that he like he actually like flips oh. back and lands on his back is like after they get the fire lit, Joseph says, "Now if we only had some hot dogs." Oh, that's and what. The, and, oh. That's, and that's the thing that that Al has the reaction to. It's so 
silly. It is silly. It, it, is. Yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah. It's a silly, it's a silly Al. What can, yeah. what can we say? Yeah, he's a real goofy guy. Uh, yeah. And I, uh, yes. Uh, and, and I will say, because you being uh, a stranger to the show, is like, that's Dean Stockwell, the guy who played out. Like, mm-hmm. That's why he liked doing the show. Like, he just wanted to have fun. Like, when he, when he goes for it, like, there's a scene coming up uh, later on at the end of the second season where, it, like, he is just emotionally raw in that in that oh. episode because he uh, we'll give a spoiler if you're listening to this podcast by this point I was say yeah, yeah uh, you know uh, but he uh, he encounters his first wife who left him when he was MIA in Vietnam had him declared dead and she went and remarried oh and so that entire episode he is just a wreck oh and uh as that episode was being shot, everybody on set was responding to it. Was like, we we want to give you more storylines like this. And Dean Stockwell was like, no. And he's like, because he because he's I don't know if method actor probably yeah method actor like when he goes to a dark place like he he's really good. like he really goes to a dark place and he's like I don't I don't want to do I that. want like, this to like, be the I, one section where Al gets to do this yeah and the rest of the time he's yeah he's like I I like being a big funny gregarious character yeah I don't want to go to the dark places all the time. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, and he does. He does actually get a couple of episodes where he, you know he he gets close to that. But yeah, never again does he ever go that far. Uh, yeah, like get that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But he is. He's. He, I, I guess. I guess he is. He's a little over the top of this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? He's a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even even by Al standards. Even, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the sheriff, yeah, the sheriff is finally caught up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he can see the fire. He can hear the radio. He's closing in. Yeah. And then what do we find? Ha ha. They tricked him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tricked you. Because that's what they do. They they left the radio playing and built up the fire and have snuck out of the cave and on their way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, at this point, um, do they see, they, 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 they see the river at that point, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because it's on the other side of the. Okay, yeah. So yeah. The, all they have to do is get to the other side of the river, um, and 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 then this is around the time where Joseph falls off his horse, because um, he's mm-hmm. just on, he can't he can't hang on anymore really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so the sheriff catches up him and uh, him and Sam have a fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere there's a line where Joseph, are, are you going to scalp him? I th- no, Joseph's already been shot. No. Nope. No. No. Yeah. 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 No. No. So, so, oh, so Sam so, comes to get yes, Joseph, yes, exactly. and they ride off, and Sam's like, "I'll hold off the sheriff." Yep. Yes. That's right. And the thing is, like, there, there, because like the the sheriff does let off a shot, and we don't see where that shot goes. And I think, oh, this is where Joseph got shot, and then mm-hmm. they they have this huge fight, which, by the way, on the Blu-ray. You could totally see that these are stunt doubles. Oh. Yeah. yeah, especially especially like Leon Rippey. It's like there's a one point where it's like, well, that guy is clearly not that him. Leon, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they have that. The thing that that does uh, that does shock me about this is they they do come to a point where Sam comes very close to scalping him, yeah. and that is not that's not that is not Sam. Like that yeah. is not the Sam we know in most episodes. Well, and that's the thing that bothered me is like we have this whole thing that like Sam has really come to know this man and understand him and understand his quest and maybe even <clears throat> understand what it's like to be Native American better. And so that pushes him to be someone who would commit brutal extrajudicial extrajudicial murder. 
That didn't that didn't track and so that, it, at all. Yeah. I thought you were really gonna scalp him. I I, I was. No, you weren't. <laughs> I like I don't buy that for a second and I think that's a little like oh we have this whole thing of like he to really fulfill his mission or connect with his grand grandfather in quotes or understand this person or whatever scalping is a thing that he would do. No, I don't think scalping is a thing that Joseph would do. No. It, it's, it's... Like, that's... It's bizarre. It's a weird thing because, like, sometimes... Uh, and this happens with Alan a lot of episodes, too. They do something that is so out of character. Like, I, I, I can't even acknowledge it, like, make it apart. Like, no, like, the writer just really missed the mark on that one. Yeah. I, they really missed the mark on that. That yeah. was a really weird... Um, like, climax thing to have be the thing. Like, you know, this whole episode. And then at the end, Sam almost scalps the sheriff. That doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. It's, mm. I mean, and, and because as you get to later episodes, they start experimenting more with the idea that the person that Sam leaps into leaves some remnants behind. Oh, okay. But like you say, it was, I, I don't think, I don't think George any, would do it either. No. These people yeah. wouldn't scalp someone, no. yeah. Unless you know that that is a thing that a that a, a sadistic person would do. Yeah, these are not sadistic people. And if the whole thing is like, t- as you become more like them, mm. you become willing to s- commit a sadistic act. Little that came out badly. <laughs> um, I get what you're Like that's yeah. the whole lie. That has been perpetrated against indigenous people mm. throughout history. Yeah. Is that they are violent and sadistic, and to understand them, you will become like them, and we need to get this, them away from their st- sadistic tendencies. Tame the savage. Mm. Yes. It's yeah. like, oh, ugh. Yeah, I know. So, um, along that line, mm-hmm. or to continue on, so yeah, Sam. He does give him a haircut. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he gives him a haircut, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sam almost scalps him. And so the way I remember this episode mm-hmm. is like right before the fight, like I said, the sheriff got a shot off. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we don't see where that shot goes. And yes. so the way I remember this episode is that after the fight is over with, then it's revealed that that shot was the shot that hit Joseph. Joseph. But no, what happens is, is that out of the, it seems like Joseph out of the blue. Joseph and Suzanne did yeah. not ride far. Yeah, they come right. At, back. Yeah, out of the blue, like Joseph is coming back with his gun and gets a shot off at the sheriff. Because the sheriff is about to shoot. The sheriff, I think, has rolled over and picked his gun back up. Yeah. Okay. I think, and is like about to shoot again, and Joseph. I don't know. see the way I remember it is like Joseph was coming back to shoot at the sheriff, and the sheriff was shooting back in self defense. No, he, he the sheriff shoots at Joseph first. Oh, okay. Yeah, the sheriff shot first. Damn it. But Greedo did not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nerd! Yeah, yeah. Forgive um, me if I did misremember that. Uh, I, I told Sam before you got here, uh, had to get together with some friends last night. Um, <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm not, I'm not firing on all cylinders. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, he Joseph does get hit, um, mm. and 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 it's and it's pretty bad. As yeah. if he wasn't in bad enough shape already. Uh, and then we have you know a very emotional scene with with Sam, you know, picking him up, carrying mm-hmm. him, and, and and starting to walk away. Yeah. And of course, the sheriff is is all it's like, like well, George, I'm gonna I'm coming. I'm gonna for shoot you. you. Yeah. If you, if you yeah, if you go across the river, I'm gonna shoot you. Yeah. And then Sam turns around and it's just like you know he just wanted he just wanted to die. He just wanted to die at mm-hmm. home. He wanted to die with his friends. He wanted you know he wanted mm-hmm. to die with dignity. Um, yeah. And uh, and I think and see the thing is for me that's the scene that we need to understand that he has connected 
with his grandfather, that he understands his grandfather, that not, well, I'm going to commit a brutal atrocity and to demonstrate, right. like, the scene of holding him under the sky with the hawk sound effect, <clears throat> quantum leap, really. <laughs> um, but that's, that's the thing, yeah. instead of like, I almost scalped him. Right. Blech. No, I, I would totally agree with that. It, 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 there's that. There's that weird, and it's certainly more prevalent today, so I feel like we're just ready to, 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 to take it and accept it. But, but even, you know, with this show, there's still that weird idea that you have to make your hero, you know, on the edge every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to give in to this darker tendency mm-hmm. all of a sudden mm-hmm. and become... Now, I'll never forget the another show that was similar to Quantum Leap in the late 90s was The Pretender. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there were a lot of episodes that toyed with whether or not Jared was going to do a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And when it eventually happens, like, it actually was a little bit more powerful because that was just one of the themes of the show in general. But in Quantum Leap, it always feels like it's just sort of like, you know... Yeah, Sam could be a badass. You don't know. <laughs> and it's like uh... my my nerd thing um, is I am really fussy about the Lord of the Rings film adaptations mm-hmm. because um, Boromir's brother Faramir um, is seduced by the ring in the films yes. and like nearly takes Frodo off or or whatever. Whereas in the book, the whole thing is he would never do that because he is different from his brother, yeah. and it makes a whole point about like the nature of power and and human nature and greed and like what some people are more vulnerable than others. And I hated, like, the time waste that the film takes us on by having Faramir, like, no, he's bad. Like, we felt this need to have him, like, go to the dark side and come back. When actually, like, it's kind of a waste of time. There's, that theme is already there. We actually need... Anyway... No, that's, I completely... That's my, like, they did it wrong! Mm-hmm. I completely Cry. agree with <laughs> I, I'm with you 100%. Because, yeah, in the books, he's a much more benevolent character. Yeah. And, you know, and helpful. And, yeah. you know, not that he ultimately isn't in the film. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so 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 where, whether it's giving into that tendency with the writers, producers, directors, or whatever, who knows. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, as a counterpoint, real quick, to the, to the almost scalping scene, I will say that whether or not it comes off in context as, as the right choice, mm-hmm. that Scott Bakula plays it really well. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and, and so I appreciate yeah. that. You know, yeah. I appreciate the idea that at least it's done well. It's not, you know, it's not like the case of just sort of like, well, this isn't going to work. You know, it's like, yeah. okay. Um, I felt that way throughout the episode. Again, this is like my first, yeah. my first <laughs> leap into the series, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, ah. and, you can uh, come back. <laughs> and, uh, I thought, I, I really enjoyed his work. I enjoyed how like fully he believed and committed yeah. to it. It's, it's so nice to watch something where someone gives a shit mm. and, and he's just, especially in a show where there's a lot of improbability or unusual elements, Absolutely. certainly. And like to watch like a person believe and commit and struggle for real with this stuff. It's really great. Yeah. It's, and it was great because he did get emotionally involved in this one. Whereas the last couple episodes, like he, he gives a shit and he cares, yeah. but he doesn't like really emotionally connect with the people in the episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. To the point he where he makes out Kane in the last episode. Wow. Yeah. But even in All Americans, there's a moment where it's just sort of like Sam's just fixing things. Like he's not really, like you said, he's not really as emotionally invested. He's not as, he's just there mm-hmm. to like be like, you can sleep in dad's bed. Yeah. <laughs> he has that line. It's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, or we talked about it two weeks ago. We did. But anyway. 
So, so he ends up carrying Joseph across the, the river, uh, and, and, you know, they share a really nice moment, mm-hmm. um, before Joseph dies. And, and of course they call back to the Redskins thing and, you know, yeah. best thing. Which they keep, yeah, football. coming back to, yeah. Um, the, oh, we should also probably mention that when they're listening to the game, it's not just that they're listening to a game, they're listening to the Redskins versus the Cowboys, uh-huh. which I mean, clearly oh, it's like, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. and Joseph even has a line, like, I love it when the Redskins beat the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, uh, yeah. One thing I want to say real quick, just to see what you guys think about this, I struggle a little bit, because the episode really is beautiful, and I love mm-hmm. the way that it ends, but I wonder... Is poor George getting cheated out of having this moment with his grandfather? <gasps> oh, like George! God. And think about this: when George <gasps> leaps back in, he's going to be sitting there with his dead grandfather in uh, his arms. No, you are absolutely right. That's, uh, oh my God! And, well, it, 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 and we've talked about this before in some previous episodes. Yes, this does happen where where Sam steals a moment from someone else, and then practically it's just like. Sam has to steal the moment so we can see the moment. Of course. Uh, and ha- had the show. And be- Sam has no control over where he's leapt into. Yeah, right, right. So it's not steal. <laughs> but no, that's a really good point. Yeah. Oh no, George. I know. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Oh, I mean, talk about like, like uh, I-, I felt like a later season episode or if the show were to be done today, mm-hmm. they would actually have Sam leap out and they, as the viewer, they would let us, Yes, you know, Sam would leap out a few minutes earlier, you know, a few moments earlier and allow George to have those final moments. Or, or, or possibly like Al would bring them into the imaging chamber with him, you know, so that he could see the moment happening. Because I feel like if the show were made today, we would see a lot more, well, I mean, we've seen barely any of it, but we would see a lot more Project Quantum Leap itself. Like, the episodes would basically be, like, half Sam, you know, traveling through time, doing things, and then half, like, this is what's happening back at Project Quantum Leap, to the effect of, we would have seen Al, like, talking with George in the waiting room. You know, like, this is what's happening right now, this is what, you know, I feel like, and again, I think just budget considerations, etc., I don't think that was ever necessarily anything that was in their minds when they were making the show. Mm -hmm. I just think that, like, if, if it was made today on an HBO budget, that's Absolutely, what we would see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're up. Yeah, George would be standing next to Al in the imaging chamber. Wait, so George can do that? So uh, when Sam leaps into someone, yeah, the person that he leaps into leaps into the future and in his basically trades places. Basically, trades places, and so oh. he, and so he is sitting in a room in the future called the waiting room, which is a which is a project quantum leap. Oh, and so George. George is able to see what's going. No, 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 oh. not necessarily. No, no, no. Yeah. But no, he's just like sitting in a waiting room and holding. His memory is full of holes, like Sam's memory is full of holes. Mm. And later, and later seasons, like they do, have episodes where uh, Al is in the wait. Al is in the waiting room with the person, helping that person work through some stuff, so that when, so that they, when they so that when they go yeah. back, they're able to they're able to deal with something. Uh, and there is. Uh, there is one episode uh, coming up. I'm just going to throw the spoiler thing out the window because, like yeah, I said, yeah, if you're listening yeah, to the Quantum Leap podcast, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's an episode coming up in the fourth season where Sam leaps into a rape victim and there's a trial and, and Sam has to get on the stand and and tell her side of the story, but he doesn't 
no. So they're able actually to work it in, and so Al brings her into the imaging chamber, and she is able to. And she says, and then Sam repeats what. And there are other instances. Yeah, there are other instances too, where like uh, the, the the conceit is is if. Al like physically touches somebody else, then Sam will be able to see them in the because as a hologram as well, right? Yeah. Because like Sam can only see Al because their brain waves are like tuned to one another or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah. So so yeah, he can see them. He can't hear them necessarily, but it, yeah. It, I mean, it, it is whatever it needs to be clearly mm-hmm. for the narrative to work for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. That is something that that I've been thinking a lot about since the end of the episode last night. You know? Well, yeah. and, I, and that takes off, because my question was like, oh, God, these poor people's bodies when they jump back. But I didn't even think about, I was just thinking about, like, I was watching him and the sheriff fight and thinking, ooh, like, I know that it's TV. Sure. And so, like, this episode will end before they pull him out. But, like, what if he leapt out mid-fight and the person was just like, ah. Um, although that's how he leaps in to this episode. Yeah. His mid-fight. Um but yeah, I, I didn't even go the extra step and think about when you he comes back, it's gonna be like on a riverbank with his dead grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. And to add to that note, the we already talked about this, the leap out is like, if ever in the series, and maybe I'll say this again, my mind might be a little Swiss cheese on its own, if ever in a series, in the series, there was a time when to just have the leap out just be, like, a leap to blue and then the credits and not actually show a leap out, especially because they were going into a repeat the week after, this is that time. Because the, the leap out, yeah. it's, I mean, it's bad. <laughs> it's just bad. Like, it's, it, it almost feels like in poor taste. It's like, you've given me this emotional story, we've just seen this thing happen, I'm sitting here thinking about, like, oh god, now George is coming back, and then I get, now if I'm lying, you're dying. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, damn. Damn, Quantum Leap. Yeah. <laughs> we're in a sex farce now. Yeah. What? Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So speaking of, so the next episode is Goodnight, Dear Heart, which yes. it would, uh, if you would watch this in reruns, this is probably what you would have saw it because the thing is when they reran the series in syndication they would actually go would through reruns they yeah. would they would they would fix the end of the episode and they would actually have it be the next episode that aired the yeah. next day they would actually go back and edit it but DVD did for, for, not for do the that. Blu-ray well, because they, I they think do it they, once I, for some weird reason. I think that but, the thing about the Blu-rays is that they wanted to maintain the integrity of the series as it was originally broadcast. They wanted to put them out as cheaply as possible. Yeah, but then it doesn't make sense because they could have just used the syndication masters. That's that's why they did it, is because they had to remaster from the original masters. They couldn't use the syndication masters. Because at the end of the day, the syndication masters are still a copy. They're not the original master of the episode. Fair enough. And since they remastered the series, that's got to be why they did it. Fair enough. So that's my fan wank. So so um, yeah. So, <laughs> so to give us a preview next week. So had Sam leaped out, and had they actually yeah. leaped into the next episode, uh-huh. what we would have seen is him holding up a locket, somebody else saying, "I think it belongs to her." Sam turning around and seeing a dead body laying on a slab behind him. <gasps> Sam saying, "She's dead," and and the other character going. I can't remember the character's name in that episode, but you should have been a detective rather than a mortician. Is it the sheriff? Lyle Roundtree? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it would have been turning from one body to To another. another. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, next week, Sam uh, leaps into a... Melvin Spooner. Melvin, yeah. Melvin! You should have been a detective rather than a mortician. (laughs) 
Oh boy. Um, yeah, so there you have it. Uh, that is freedom. Um, I, I, I will say again, you know, it's by no means like a perfect episode and it does lag a little bit. Like you were talking about, you know, you kind of, your interest started to wane or, or drift away a little. Yeah. No, I understand. I, yeah. I, I feel like the episode does, it, it, it does have a, a little bit of a slower pace after they escape from jail and it's sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, it's not really until they get to the mountain where it starts to pick up again. So the pacing is a little off maybe, but overall I, I really do enjoy the episode. I think that it gets to some really nice emotional truths for Sam, um, that we've not yet explored. Uh, and, and obviously the character of Joseph is just such a joy. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, our, our actor Frank Salcedo is just, yeah, quite, quite lovely in the role. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it brings back good memories for me, thinking about my grandfather. Because my grandfather and I used to watch the show a lot. Oh, he lived with us for a while when I was in high school. And so, like, we'd watch it on USA and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I was really close with him. And then, and again, just the Native American aspect of it. I mean, that's, again, that's always been something of, of great interest to me, not just mm-hmm. because of my grandmother. I think you, you know, without that. And my grandmother, it's funny, actually, because my grandfather, who I watched the show with, the grandmother I'm speaking about was his wife. And she had passed away in 1990, 1991, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and so she, you know, she hadn't been around when he was living with us, obviously. But anyway, I've gone off on too much of a tangent. But yeah, it, 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 it's I, I like this episode a lot. I'm 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 happy to talk about it today. Mm-hmm. Dennis, what do you think? I do. I like the episode. Like hearing like your thoughts on it. Like I wish uh, the thing that is clumsy about the episode is is the sheriff and like why mm-hmm. is he so set on catching him other than we need a plot device. He's very much that that great American figure, the evil sheriff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, to totally. be to be fled from and outfoxed at every turn. Yeah. I mean, um, I, f- I feel like you, you could have had an entirely different episode. Like, you, you didn't need all the fighting. You didn't need the chase. Like, you could have really made it an episode about, like, the right to die on your own terms. Yeah. Right. And, His motivations and, are pretty broad. And, 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 people, and people in the family being torn. Like, if it was Suzanne and, like, a doctor saying, like, we've got to get your grandfather back, is that something like that? Like, I, I agree. But, but again, like you say, you need, you need the great American evil sheriff. <laughs> For sure, yeah. I feel like, and we talked about this before, that there are some Trademark. episodes that are undercut <laughs> by the, by the, by the need to have the action sequences and the fights and it was like just focus on the thing and we've gotten two fairly violent episodes in a row because her charm is really violent too back to back and actually yeah yeah, the reason why I asked you to guess on this one Scotty and not not the last one is that the 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 last episode, it starts with a drive-by shooting. Well, it's all gun violence. Like, oh, yeah. there's there's no punching. It's all guns. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and Sam all... kills someone with a gun. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All things being considered what's going on, and I know you're organizing the... Yeah, the, uh, I'm, I'm going the, with the, some the buses, buses to, from Chicago to, to D.C. To, um, for the March on DC, the 24th. Yeah, because there was one day earlier this week I was about to text you to ask you to guest on that one, and yeah. I, was, I was mid-text, and I was like... That episode starts off with the drive-by shooting. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just because I think gun violence is a, a, well, a gross horror infecting our landscape, I can still talk about it. No, for sure. I mean, but yes. Yeah. yeah. And perhaps is, we should. Yeah. One yeah. day. Yeah. yeah happy there are other episodes that, yeah. 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 I, the start of that episode is, is, is jarring, like everything going on politically in this episode. Other than the ridiculous right amounts of glass that get thrown on Sam and Dana. 
That's there's more there's more glass being thrown on them than there is in that car. Like it's like it's almost absurd. It just rains glass. I we were watching um, uh, Speed recently. I hadn't I hadn't seen it in years. I don't and I'd only seen the end of it. And we were watching Speed. Oh, did you do the redacted? Yeah. And at one point, I was squawking about. Here's my thing about action movies: is people never go to the hospital when they should go to the hospital. If Sandy had just gone to the hospital, I know we wouldn't have had the final crash of the film. Um, right, right. But go to the hospital. Don't wait around. And that was the first time I saw um, Die Hard. And they get in a fucking cab to go home, and I was like, <laughs> "No, your feet are shredded. Go to the hospital." I know, like, romance and the reunification of the marriage or whatever, but go to the hospital! He wants to see his kids! It's about one man trying to get back to his family on Christmas. It's why it's the greatest Christmas movie No, it's a fantastic ever. film. No, I was moved, and I loved it far more than I ever thought I would. Yeah. Um, yeah. But your feet are shredded! Go to the hospital! Absolutely. Glass! Well, though, it is kind of funny, too, because I, I always think about the Lethal Weapon movies as well. And mm-hmm. at the end of, like, the first two Lethal Weapon movies, like, they're both, like, just beat to shit. And, like, they're just, and they're just standing around or, or sitting, like, and the second one, it's a little bit excusable because they're, like, on, like, a barge yeah. or something or whatever. So it's like, okay, they're waiting for the ambulance to get yeah. there. But you're still just sort of like, my God, well, and, and, like, you're and, going to bleed out. And Bruce Willis <laughs> is wonderful in Die Hard. And, he, and he's, I, I believe that, like, he is injured. He's so hurt and he's yeah. fighting so hard. To save the day, and so I'm like, yeah, he's. We've watched him get beat up through this whole movie, and I and I believe that he could make it until at the end he's like got his arm around his, Holly, right? Yeah, his he's wife, got yeah. his arm around Holly, and he's like, good night, everybody, we're going home. Right. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're so hurt. Yeah, he has, he has, he has, he has the moment with uh, you know the Family Matters dad, and, yeah. and then they, they get in the limo and take off with Argyle. No, go to the hospital. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. So anyway, I'm just assuming that if I were watching showers of glass fall on people, I would go off on my hospital right. rant. Go to the hospital. I know, they don't go to the hospital. They just go to back to the offices of the FBI. Uh, you know, like actually, cut. I was just thinking, uh, uh, I was thinking that, yeah, they're, they're driving like they have no windshield or anything because everything has been shot out. Sam wants to take her to the hospital. That's right. And she says, no, you're an idiot. Take me to your boss. I want to get reassigned. And that's why they end up going back to the to the office. And you do see them with like band aids over their cuts later, but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, all right. I know. But freedom. Anyway. freedom, 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 quantum leap. Freedom, freedom is good. Yeah. W- was this a decent first episode? Yeah. For you? Yeah. Okay. Will you be back? I would love to. Thank you. Yeah. If you'll have me back, I would love to. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We we've we've kind of established like I think like a sort of a core group of people, uh, a stable that, of people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I made it. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Well, we've been wanting to have you on for a while, so thank you so much. I yeah, appreciate you us. donating your time. Yeah. The most precious gift we have to share with yeah. one another. Thank you yes. for sharing Quantum Leap with me. Yeah. Quantum Leap would not have come into my life if it weren't for you two in particular. <laughs> if we had a nickel for... <laughs> that show, I know. We'd have a nickel. We anyway. Something. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening. And like, we will be back next week with Good Night, Dear Heart. Indeed. We're going to leap out of here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you've heard or have any questions or comments, don't be shy. Reach out to us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Fates Wide Wheel. And remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you may be listening. Until next time.
and time I want to stay 